What the heck is the kissing about? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to No Script, an unscripted conversation about theater's best scripts. I'm Jacob Mann Christensen. And I am Jackson Nikolai. Good to be hanging out with all of you again out here in podcast land. Thanks for tuning back in. Another week of season six is here, and we I, I think we may have said this every episode so far, but it has been an incredible, awesome privilege so far to just be living in such different worlds in these initial group of plays for the season. I mean, we, we always try to do varied programming, but... I think it would be hard to find another group of four plays across all of our seasons of programming that are so different, like such different theatrical imaginations, such different playwrights, such different worlds for the characters and stories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a great set of plays telling a great set of stories, right? And all across the the human experience. I, I'm excited to get to talk about this one today. It's a new play for me. Uh, we're, we're talking about Pilgrims, Musa and Sherry in the New World by Yusuf El-Gindi. That's right. Yeah, we, we're again for the fourth time this season, new playwright to the podcast. I mean, that'll just always be the case. The vast majority of playwrights we do for at least a while will be new playwrights because there are so yeah. many excellent playwrights you know we we tend to focus more on the american theater being american uh podcast hosts uh but of course there's great playwrights internationally too and we occasionally get to cover them all that to say there's just so many great playwrights to talk about that you know it takes us six seasons to get to a great playwright like yusuf el gindi but we're here and we're excited to be here yeah, absolutely. Especially in this season of where, you know, the theater, the theater itches is sadly not getting scratched all that often, though, of course, we're seeing more and more houses put out cool new uh, seasons that are online and all that. But reading plays is a great way to still get to be able to engage theater. So so this one's a, a great one. And I, I, too, am excited to get to engage with uh, El Gindi's work for the first time. Uh, so um, before we do that, though, I do want to take just a second to uh, thank our patrons over on patreon.com slash no script podcast if uh y'all have listened to the show for a while you know that we love getting to do this show we love getting to have these conversations as i just said it's a great way to still get to do theater in a time when we don't get to do theater all that much is to read these plays and still get to talk about them alas uh running a podcast is not a free endeavor there are some uh, costs associated with it and our patrons over on patreon.com slash no script podcast help that cost out enormously you're helping host the show you're helping buy scripts for the show you're helping us you know all, all the considerable time that we put into the editing and producing of the show so if you're looking for a way to uh help out the no script community and join in the no script community patreon.com slash no script podcast is a great way to do that lowest tier is just one dollar twelve dollars over the course of a year at the five dollar amount you become like a, a producer or playwright i, I think is the the uh, level we named it over there and uh you get to uh, uh have your name said at the uh, on the podcast uh throughout uh, at, at various points of the season so if you're looking for a way to uh yeah get involved get access to some patron only posts over on patreon.com slash no podcast it's a great way to do it thank you so much to our patrons who have already supported the show and we will see you over there 
Yeah, yeah. Big thank you to all of you. You are what keeps us going for sure. So thank you, thank you. Now, back to the script. Back to the script. All right. Pilgrims Musa and Sherry in the New World by Yusuf El-Gindi. That's the topic of our conversation today. As you know, because now we've done it four times this season so far in episode four, we introduced the playwright a little bit when they're a new playwright to the show. So Yusuf El-Gindi is an Egyptian-American playwright. He was raised in London. um, And for a while, he was the playwright in residence and taught at Duke University, uh, taught playwriting there. He got his MFA at at Carnegie Mellon and kind of stayed... uh, and and so he moved to Seattle at some point. Of course, it's a little bit hard to track people's real lives, but we know that he's now kind of a Seattle-based playwright. He's a core company member at the ACT Theater out there, which was the original company that produced this script. Um, he's a recipient of the Middle East America Distinguished Playwright Award in 2010. His more po- his more famous script, besides this one, is called Back of the Throat, and that's a script from 2005. But he's had plays produced kind of all over the country, places like the Artist's Rep in Portland, the Wilma Theater in Philadelphia, the Mosaic Theater Company in D.C. This play was first produced in 2011, like I said, at the ACT Theater in Seattle. Um, It was then produced at the Center Rep in California, and it was a recipient of the Steinberg American Theater Critics Association New Play Award in 2012, as well as the Gregory Award in 2011. Uh, Most recently, the Mosaic Theater Company out of Washington, D.C. produced the play. This was in very early 2020, like winter 2020. 20 before the shutdown. And so if you Google the play just kind of outright, that's what you're likely to see a lot of advertisements, reviews, and clips of. So it's always good to keep in mind that when you see that stuff, you're not seeing that information about the initial production, which would have been back in 2011. This is now almost 10 years later when a company in D.C., a well-known company in D.C., put on what looks like a spectacular production. There are some great clips online that really capture the comic timing, the great way the character characters use the dialogue. Um, so it's fun to see those and fun to see the reviews of a, a production that was almost a decade later. Yeah. And so, so then jumping into some of the conversation around it, we like to synopsize the script just so we have a common ground on which to be standing. I'll, uh, I was trying to think about the best way to synopsize this script. And I, and I think it's just a scene by scene, which is not something I normally do. I try to like talk about it a little bit, but it, it it's I think a scene by scene will work okay. So scene one, you have the kind of boy meets girl, a girl meets boy story. You have uh, Sherry and Musa who have uh, met each other a number of times on uh, on Musa's taxi route. Musa is a taxi driver in New York. Um, and uh, or, or or really, I guess I just assumed New York. The the place I, is just a large American city. I assumed New York too until I was reading <laughs> reviews in preparation, and they all just said like in an unnamed American city. I was like, really? It's <laughs> really? not New York. And I went <laughs> yeah. back, and sure enough, it's just an unnamed large American city. It would have to be large enough to have a pretty significant taxi force because that's mm-hmm. a huge part of it, and it it has to have, I guess, a major bridge. Right, yeah, because a significant that's like bridge where you could go over and do retail on the other side, because that plays a role—a minor, minor role for one of the characters. Right, a, a minor yet essential role. So um, it's New York. So it's, it's <laughs> probably New York. Um, but uh, 
<laughs> not specific. Um, the time is also uh, somewhat not specific, though it is uh, said as present, and I think that holds up pretty well, at least for the moment when we're when we're recording this podcast. Yeah, um, so it's what twenty twenty one, and as far as I could tell, the only real technolo- technology that might fade out would be the cell phones. But they they use the cell phones in the play in roughly the same way we would today. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I feel like it, it could definitely be a production set in 2021, even though it was written and produced in 2011. Yeah, yeah. Translates pretty well. Um, so so on Moose's uh, taxi route, he's given Sherry a ride home from her work at a diner multiple times, uh, a, a handful of times. And they've uh, interacted a couple times during there. And, and Musa says uh, later on that at this point, he's he's wanted to ask her up to his place for a drink. Um now, now, both of them kind of know that this is maybe a little bit more than a drink. You figure out pretty quickly through the scene that they're both pretty attracted to each other. Um, there's there's this kind of uh, the awkwardness of of a, uh, of a of of a first meeting in someone's apartment, essentially, or a first date in someone's apartment while drinking late at night with them. I think it's like two a.m. It's after Sherry's shift at the restaurant, so it's pretty late. All of the hints are that they're gonna get together tonight. <laughs> Um, there's also the interesting uh, awkwardness of these two people are from different cultures. Musa is uh, an immigrant from Egypt, and he's still learning English. Uh, he, the, the, the English he's learning is from uh, mystery novels that he has. Um, they have some conversation around the Quran that he has with him that he's also learning English from. And uh, the the scene uh, continues. This is the the first scene of the play. Uh, they continue on. They eventually uh, th- through some some uh, misses in 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 uh, coming on to each other. They do eventually spend the night together and uh, wake up the next morning. Uh, wake up the next morning together. However, before that, we have this like dream sequence in scene two or a vision sequence in scene two. We have uh, Musa's roommate. Abdallah, who has gone on a pilgrimage to Mecca. Um, he is, uh, he's, he's been pretty successful in business in this, in this city. Um, and he's out of gratefulness going on a pilgrimage to Mecca. We hear a little bit about his story, about his story, about his immigrant story, about how he showed up in, in this city and started working small jobs and eventually became a middleman getting other people jobs. And this is all in monologue format, basically after a fairly standard fourth wall psychological realism type of scene between Musa and Sherry where they flirt, they maybe are going to sleep together, maybe aren't, maybe do, finally do. Uh, Then we immediately have this uh, direct address to the audience monologue from Abdallah about his story and why he's on pilgrimage now. Yeah, which is something we know from the conversation before. Musa says his roommate is traveling, so we, we recognize this character. However, pretty shockingly at the end of this monologue, this character says that his boat sank. His ferry sank in the Red Sea. His uh, journey from, uh, yeah, his his journey across the Red Sea. The the ferry was overloaded and it sank. That's the end of the monologue. Um, and we're like, oh, oh, weird. Um, the next scene happens. It's scene three. It's the morning after. There's a lot of uh, of uh, securities and insecurities that are worked out in this scene. Sherry is uh, is is trying to figure out whether this relationship she 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 attests to liking Musa a lot. Um, and Musa returns the feeling. They they they're kind of starting to fall in love with each other after only one night and and they're trying to figure out how best to move forward. Interestingly, in this scene, Sherry admits to having a dream of his friend, of his roommate, 
And so we kind of infer that, oh, well, maybe that that vision or that dream could have been just a dream that Sherry had. Or maybe it's something more. We're not really sure. Well, except that Musa immediately discounts the information we've learned from Sherry and Abdallah about the sinking of the ferry in the sea by saying that actually, no, 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 Abdallah flew to, to his pilgrimage. He didn't, he didn't take the ferry. He called me from the airport. So don't worry about it. That was just a weird dream you had. Abdallah is definitely just safe on pilgrimage. No worries. He flew. He did not take the ferry. Yep. Yep. So 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 that that kind of wraps up that scene. They're going to stay together. They're going to try to figure out what this relationship is. They like each other. Next scene is scene four. We have uh, Musa gives a ride to a suitcase salesman across the bridge. Here's the the notable bridge. Um, <laughs> uh, his suitcase salesman. Uh, his friend is named Taib, and uh, he sells suitcases. Needs a ride across the bridge to bring his merchandise. Um, some time has passed. Um, not really sure exactly how much time has passed but less like, than a month but more, but more than, than a, a week more yeah more it's not the same day it's definitely he's talked about the relationship with Taib before but it's not it, it, I think we know that the border is a month because of the next scene uh-huh yep yep so so you you get get into this conversation Taib is kind of uh, ribbing him a little bit about his new relationship and about how in love he is appearing and pretty quickly in the scene says so what are you gonna do about Gamila <laughs> um and and uh, <laughs> uh <Huh? Musa's, laughs> yeah we're all like huh and Musa's like we're not talking about that but they do talk about it for the whole scene and we learn that Musa is in fact engaged to another woman, to Gamila, who has gone uh, gone to meet his family in Egypt to figure out wedding details, and she is coming back soon. Um, so that's that's the main kind of big detail from that scene is that uh, uh, you know Taib confronts him and says, "What are you going to do about the fact that you uh, you seem to be in love with this uh, with this woman with Sherry? What are you going to do about your fiance who you're marrying soon?" Um, and and he kind of puts it off. He he, he decides. Uh, notably, though, you you see the confusion in Musa in this scene. The the like the the he's falling in love with a woman that he wasn't expecting to fall in love with um, while his fiance has gone on a trip. Yeah, he's got this great line at the end of that scene that that is uh, Taib has been encouraging him to figure all this out. Has been explaining you know the confusion of being in a country like America after immigrating and and all of this stuff. And finally, Musa kind of breaks down at the end, and, and the line is, "She's in my life now. She's yeah. in my life now." Which is you know a, a phrase that we're all used to. So so and so is in my life, but he says it with such gravitas and confusion and pain that it, it's really striking. And you see sort of the the deep implications of a phrase like that that we just tend to throw around. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it, it has it clearly has deep significance for him and and for the situation. Scene five is uh, the end. The, we're still in act one for all of you who are keeping track of the acts. Like so much happens in this first act. Um, Gamila comes home early. Uh, she she has a key to the apartment. She opens up the, the apartment and she finds Sherry in bed, um, uh, asleep, naked, <laughs> Um, in bed, uh, Musa's not there. He's already started his, his job for the day. So G Gamila comes home and finds Sherry there. Um, what, what follows is a scene where she, uh, kind of in, in shock is, is trying to process this. She's offered the story. Uh, it seems that, uh, Musa has told Sherry that his sister is coming to visit soon. Um, and so Sherry believes that this is his sister. They try to get to know each other for a little bit, or really Sherry tries to get to know Gamila, get to know Gamila a little bit. 
And eventually, halfway through the scene, Gamila removes the charade. She says, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm not actually the sister. I'm his fiance. This is wrong. This is all wrong. Uh, the, the, it gets out to both of them. They both find out in this scene that uh, that w- what Musa has done. And uh, they, they go their separate ways at conflict <laughs> with each other. Uh, Sherry kind of blames Gamila for tricking her. Uh, and obviously, Gamila uh, is not pleased with the fact that Sherry was, was there when she got home. <laughs> Um, act two is the kind of fallout of this this information coming to light um, by, the, by the way it did. Musa shows up at Sherry's job. Um, Sherry shows up in, in a, a full um, uh, burqa. Um, at first and tries to is 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 kind of blaming him for, obviously for keeping this uh, secret from her um, he says that he's going to break it off with Gamila and he'll be back tonight to pick her up in the taxi at 2am he goes back to the apartment has a conversation with Gamila where they both uh, bring out the uh, insecurities they had in this relationship to start with um, it's it's uh, it's actually a beautiful conversation that I'm looking forward to spending more time on. I'm not going to do a whole lot on it here, um, but the end result of the scene is they uh, we I believe that they break up <laughs> by the end of the scene. Isn't um, that a confusing <laughs> end to a scene? Oh man, yeah, yep. we got to talk about that. Yep. And then the last scene is a great composite scene between uh, Musa coming and picking up Sherry um, at, at 2 a.m. or 2.05 or something in the morning um, and suggesting that they run away together, that that they figure out a way to be pilgrims in this new world together. Um, uh, alongside of Tayyib meeting up with uh, Gamila, who is walking home, and Tayyib, again, is the, the suitcase salesman friend, and uh, he, he uh, and Gamila have this great conversation about their reality as well and he walks her home for the night and that's kind of the end of the play that's the, the uh, that's the broad streaks of the play and yet there's so much depth to dig into now <laughs> well it, it's a play full of incredible scenes really it's a play that runs incredibly written scene to incredibly written scene to incredibly written scene to incredibly written scene mm-hmm uh, and, and and of course the, the the last thing that I do have to say is the friend shows up again. The roommate shows up one more time in a monologue at the end. Um, Ab- Abdallah shows up. He he monologues. We get pr- a little bit more clarity. I feel like about what his fate was. This is not in a dream, um, but it is in a vision for the audience. So it's still a little bit of a subjectivity. Well, and, but, and um, all along the way, since Sherry has had that dream, more clues come out in the conversations. They they can't find Abdallah. They're trying to call his family. Uh, They hear that there indeed was a ferry accident. Musa still maintains that Abdallah was not on the ferry. He called him from the airport, but they can't find him. Some people suggest, well, you know, he's a guy who likes to have a good time. He'll call us when he's done having a good time. But it's becoming more and more clear that Sherry's dream vision, whatever that was, was Was true. Like a premonition. Yeah, it was confirmed for the audience at the end when we meet Musa, or uh, Abdallah's ghost. I guess. Yeah, yeah, he kind of shows up in the apartment and, like, looks looks around and is is saying goodbye to his reality, yeah. Yeah, so lots of people who talk about this play talk about it as kind of a... The, an, a take on the classic romantic comedy for a new American world, right? I mean, we're talking about 
all of the romantic comedy movies that come out in the latter half of the 20th century that just sort of dominate that age of cinema where attractive leading man meets quirky leading woman and there's conflict. One of them is not being fully honest, but by the end of the play, the relationship has come back and resolved itself and and all is well. And Pilgrim's Musa and Sherry in in the New World is a, a new look at that with some sort of interesting twists of the story of immigration being part of the play, the story, this this death ghost character being part of the play, um, sexual politics and and the question of sex in in relationships being a huge part of the play in a way that it, it was not as sort of open in the the sort of golden age of cinema in that latter half of the twentieth century. Yeah, I am. And and the the. The cultural stuckness, right? Stuck between two worlds that certainly Gamila and Musa are experiencing in in the play. This 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 uh, uh, you know coming to a new world, coming getting to know the new world and its and its customs while still yearning for home and 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 where home is being decentralized trying to figure out what's home what's familiar what what is what do you want in a relationship in the context of the stuckness between two worlds right because i think for several of the characters in the play you name Gamila and Musa but even for Sherry there there is this question of and i think this is why so many people relate it to the romantic comedies that we all know and and watched as children and rewatch in, in nostalgia as adults so many people relate this play to that because for this sort of central three characters the the question is really about um what what is the benefit of making a safe match the kind of match for myself and my life that is uh, something that I'm familiar with and comfortable with versus the sort of high risk uh, travel outside of my zone of comfortability and and of course for all of these great golden age romantic comedies you know, the vast majority of them were about two white people. So it was really about personality clash or family value clash. And this play is about people of all all different ethnicities. I mean, we have Egyptian-American immigrants. Taib is a Somali immigrant. Um, Sherry is born and raised white girl in a large American city. I mean, so it's it's more about cultural clash and and the safe match inside of cultural comfortability versus... uh, the stuff from before, but that that relationship is definitely there. What is going to be the future of my life in terms of my romantic partnership with this person? Do I make the safe match? Do I make the risky match that seems more exciting? And that, that's a story we all are familiar with as we sort of re-experience it in this play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it, it is a familiar story, and yet it's cast in in a new a new light. A new. I think the scene that uh, talks about that a lot is the scene between Taib and Musa, where uh, Taib is confronting Musa about why he's in this relationship, what he get, how how he how he kind of understands the position he's in. Taib is kind of a self uh, avowed player and uh, has had a, a lot of a Doesn't lot of say, relationships. Like- I, I mate like a rabbit or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So he's he's like trying to say like I understand where you're coming from, but you got to pick something here. And and how are you going to pick? 
right? Like, how are you, are you going to pick the new and exciting relationship with Sherry, this relationship from a new world? Or are you going to pick someone who can make home for you, who has bits of home, who knows the vernacular of home um, in, in Gamila? Well, it, that scene, you're, you're right to point it out as kind of the, the scene that defines that part of the play because, as you mentioned in your synopsis, Taib does not bring up Gamila, Musa's fiance, <laughs> until like the final lines of the scene. So this is a scene where Taib is saying, Musa really seems like you are in a dangerous place here. You're clearly falling hard for this American woman. I think you really ought to be. This is not good, man. But his reasoning for that does not seem to, at least in any immediate way, have much to do with the fact that Musa is engaged <laughs> until the very end of the scene. What is Taib saying? Well, his caution is that when you are in this kind of relationship, which is so cross-cultural... The things that are different and so different about each other seem exciting in the beginning, but it starts to wear on you that coming home is not like coming home in your cultural lexicon. He has a great line, uh, something like, Musa, you cannot be a foreigner in this country twice. Out here, when you're working, when you're hustling to make a living, when you're meeting people, all this stuff out in the world, that's when you're going to be a foreigner. You're an immigrant. You don't speak the language very well. You have brown skin in the, as we all know, highly problematic America. That's when you're going to be a foreigner. When you go home at night, or I guess in Musa's case in the morning, since he works overnights, you do not want to be a foreigner at home, too. Right. And he, he talks about the difficulties that he's experienced, right? Like he was he was in in a, a relationship with an American when he was when he first showed up in in this city, and and he talks about the difficulties of him speaking in a language that that's not that's not English, and her feeling left out of that language of of the different interactions with that. So so yeah, it's just this. I I, I really like that scene because it really lays out the complexity of the moment. Like it's not it's like 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 you are you are right to draw attention to the fact that the huge problem here <laughs> is that he was engaged <laughs> And started a relationship while he was engaged. That's a huge problem. Um, it's like but- he's engaged and his fiance is not around, not because she's like on a business trip. Good for her. <laughs> she's in Egypt planning their wedding. And like two days later, we find out he has this this night with Sherry. So that is a problem. <sighs> And 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 yet, what Taib uh, injects into this problem is some complication, some some uh, understanding of the the uh, the cultural <laughs> things that are happening, uh, the 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 uh, the complication that arises when when these characters interact in relationships with people from a new country. Yeah, and and I think it is important to note that I don't. The point of the play is is not that. Making a match within your own cultural familiarity is bad or something or or anything like that or or that the reverse is bad. The play is just about the complications of putting yourself in a position of vulnerability with anybody. And ultimately, one of the one of the 
commentaries that Yusef Al-Gindi seems to be making in the play is that when you're vulnerable with anybody, somebody who is familiar with your culture, somebody who is not, somebody who is a friend, somebody who is a roommate, for all of these different kinds of relationships, when you put yourself in a position of vulnerability, you put yourself in a position to be hurt, and there carries risk with that, whether it's, quote, the safe and comfortable match or not. I think you're so right to highlight the vulnerability as like this core theme because we we get that in the scene between Gamila and Musa, the the breakup scene, which is a beautiful scene, and we discover that that was as as much as both of them have these worlds that they're trying to live in, right? Like whether Gamila is trying to be a, a good Muslim and be a good Muslim wife for Musa, she's she's been brought up to believe that this is the path for her. She didn't necessarily want that. She was doing that because she thought that was what is what sh- what Musa wanted. Musa also didn't really want that. He kind of wanted to uh, experience. She's she's a, a American. She came as a very young uh, girl. She notably uh, speaks with an American accent. She's very comfortable in America. Um, and and Musa attests to saying like, well, I maybe wanted a little bit more of America in our relationship. And and you get this and you get the sense that. What was missing, these two ships that end up passing in the night as a result of Musa's actions, um, pass in the night because they weren't honest. They weren't vulnerable with each other and were not able to um, show up to each other in, in, in honest ways. Well, and you get the sense that what was this sort of predictable, um, marry the person I'm supposed to marry, marry the person my family loves, that sort of relationship that seems like everything is set up for it to be right, was not the perfect match that it seemed to be from the beginning, yeah. right? That the these two people had some real issues that they were not addressing because of all the expectation that surrounded their relationship. And, and that is... I think a, a nice piece of layered commentary. Yeah, yeah. This the scene that that ends up happening between them is not your typical caught you cheating scene, right? Um, and and it's 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 beautifully kind of laid out how these two characters uh, failed each other. Um, and, 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 and yes, the blame lies on, like, the blame lies on Musa <laughs> by the end of the scene. We know that they're breaking up. There's even, the, the reason we were a little confused in our, in, in, in my synopsis, um, is they end the scene with a kiss. They end the scene with two kisses, um, which is something that they haven't done in their relationship. Their relationship is a fairly conservative one, uh, within their Muslim religion and, uh, and and so they they've never been physical with each other. That's a point of some uh, contention in the argument. Is that uh, for for a while Gamila wonders whether or not Musa is just having needs, having sexual needs with Sherry. Well, and and other characters do too, right? I mean, that's sort of what Taib's accusation is too. Is like Musa, you you came from this culture where any kind of physical relationship with a woman would have been highly taboo to America, and I think he describes it as like a candy store like you can do right. whatever you want in america and it's overwhelming your your senses you have no idea what you're doing anymore because the sex is just everywhere and musa is very much pushes back against that ad accusation both from taib and gamila that his relationship with sherry is just about the fact that she is willing to sleep with him yeah, no. It seems it seems he's willing to kind of uh, in, in multiple scenes stand on the ground that he has fallen in love with Sherry over the over the past couple weeks, um, and 
And and that's that's the the, the kind of interesting way that scene ends. I don't think changes that. It's a little confusing um, <laughs> for well, the end so, of the scene. Uh, you know, the scene ends for the audience with right. Musa and Gamila kissing at the end of what's supposed to be the breakup scene before he's supposed to go meet the girl he says he wants to be with. But the scene doesn't end for the characters. You know what I mean? I mean, like, what happens next for them? Do they just right. talk and leave? Are we are we supposed to imply that they sleep together? I mean, the sex that happens in the play, thank goodness, is all offstage sex, and all that it, all that the audience sees is the implication of it. Right? There's the moment where Sherry comes back with the candles in their first flirtatious scene, and she's about to leave, and Musa says, "Stop, wait." And then that's the implication that they're, okay, yes, they're going to sleep together. The The next morning scene at the end of that scene, Musa makes some clever quip about how his sexual training is going to continue right now. And he leans in to kiss her and scene end. And that's the implication of sex. So the way that uh, India has, has implied sex in the scenes with Sherry is just by these sort of suggestive movements blackout. So I don't know what we're supposed to make of the Gamila kiss at the end of that scene. I mean, she has uh, kind of, um, in disguise, mentioned a few times in the scene that, like, should we have sex? Like, is this something, should we, it seems like if, I, she says at one point, like, I feel like I've been in bed with you and Sherry already, and I didn't even get to experience any of the sex. And at right. one point she talks about, like, breaking the fast. So I... I don't know. Are we supposed to understand that they've slept together? And then what do you make of the next scene? And if we're not, what the heck is the kissing about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, these are all, uh, the, like, this is the, this is the sort of thing that you ask in, like, a, a, a collaboration meeting <laughs> of the actors, <laughs> right? Because, because the script doesn't specify, and you've, you've, you've illuminated the things that, that hint us towards things, right? Lights, like, the play is, is uh, prevalent throughout with these hints that sex is happening off, off stage, off focus, Um and and the lights do fade on them kissing at the end of the scene. So you're let me able just to- set that up a little bit more too. So they're <laughs> they're talking, they're eating this dessert, this powdery, sweet, incredible dessert from the homeland. Very sensual. They she's got powder on her face, and he's got powder on his face. They wipe the powder off each other's face again after breaking up, just before Moose is supposed to go meet Sherry. They kiss. They break. Now I'm just going to read. It's a somewhat chaste kiss, but it lingers. They break. Slight beat. This is the dialogue from Gamila. These are hands down the best tasting cookies. I just wish I could find them here. They've been talking about that some. Stage direction. They kiss again. Lights fade out. So what has happened is they kiss. The moment ends and they go back to talking about cookies. And then why would they kiss again, right? It's, it, the implication is like... <laughs> They can't contain their passion, right? They the the moment's over and they re in they re-engage. <laughs> Truly, yeah. I don't know what to make of that because it doesn't come <laughs> up again. Like I it's yeah. not like in the next scene we get a hint one way or the other from the characters. They don't say, Yeah, we slept together, or we definitely didn't. She just left. We almost did. Like you could imagine that Guinea could have written Musa saying, like, it was really hard to break up. I, I thought maybe we wouldn't there for a moment at the end, but we did. But we did. But nothing like that comes up. Yeah. I think I think the, the opportunity is there for the actress playing Gamila to tell a story 
um, uh, with her physicality in the last scene. Um, I think I think you can make a decision as actors in that last scene. But I agree that the Musa doesn't help to illuminate anything. The scene he has with Sherry, um, I don't think there's anything really in the lines or in the uh, mood of how he's there for him to communicate that. I don't think that's true of Camila. I think Camila has the opportunity in her conversation with Taib at the end to communicate what happened. Um, so I, I don't think it's in, I don't think it's specified in the script, but I think the production company and the actors can decide um, what what happened at the end. Their their relationship is ended. Both characters say that they're that they're done. They're moving on to something else. Um, but what happened before that, I think, is kind of kind of uh, interestingly left up to the cast to decide. And what would it mean then for their relationships going forward? I mean, right. the next scene really could be interpreted in so many different ways. Camila has this great conversation where she's sitting on a suitcase in the in the street looking at the stars. I, I'm not sure how many stars you can see in an American city, but okay, we'll, <laughs> we'll embrace that idea. Well, they, they talk about that too. There's She's looking up and she's like, is that a star? And he was yeah. like, no, I think that's an airplane. It's so great. I love the humor about that. And, and so you could interpret that like, well, she she just ended this huge relationship with uh, that she thought she was going to get married. And so she just needs to take a moment. But the sexual politics of the play are such that Gamila choosing to sleep with Musa in the previous scene would be a huge moment for the character. I mean, based on all the things that she's mentioned across the whole play, that would be a fairly major decision on her part. So you could also see it as, you know, needing to take a moment after a decision like that. Same with Musa, right? Because he and Sherry elect to run off, basically. They're going to uh, pack a car and just drive off to a totally new place. So what, is he Is he just embracing the new adventure? Is he running from another bad decision that he's made in a sequence of bad decisions in this play? Right. Is he taking himself out of a, a space? It seems to be like whenever he's in a space to make a decision, he kind of wants to be in the space with that person that he has to make a decision about. So is it a runaway? Yeah. Is it a runaway? Is it get out of the situation where both are here? Or is it is it truly like we need a fresh start? If we're going to make this work, we need to start somewhere new where we don't have the baggage of what just happened and and making making a new choice, a choice to build something new together. And that, of course, is a, is a culmination of Musa's story, too. In the conversation with Gamila, they have a great exchange about Gamila sort of admits that probably part of her interest in her relationship with Musa was in the idea that he sort of connected her to her roots back home, being a more recent immigrant than her. And Musa's response is, you know, I, I don't really want those roots. I sort of want to be uprooted and live in a, a different kind of world, a very confusing world where I have to constantly figure new things out. That's kind of what I'm looking for in my life. And, and that's a really nice um, visual image for those characters at cross purposes. They, their relationship is built on mutual attraction and mutual interest, which is one of the things that's so great about the play is that it's not just that Musa is forgetting about this woman he's not even kind of interested in from back home to chase the American girl, but that Gamila and Musa, there's a lot of mutual attraction. We just spent 10 minutes wondering whether they slept <laughs> together or not, you know? But what is the problem is that their interest in the relationship is at cross purposes. Musa wants a, a, an adventure. He wants to escape uh, 
um, some of what he has left behind at home. And I think a lot of, especially people our age, Jackson, feel that kind of thing deeply, this idea of breaking out of your roots and trying a new world, whereas as that's not what Gamila wants. She wants to reconnect with those roots. Well, yeah, Gamila, I, I think that's the really uh, the really impactful immigrant story in here is two people at different stages of, of immigrating. Uh, Gamila immigrated when she was a little girl. Um, she's she's grown up essentially American, and yet she wants this grounding in her culture. She wants this this further uh, kind of own ownership over that culture that she that she has, and so she goes she she wants that from Musa. Um, you get Musa at a really different time um, when when he immigrated when when he's 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 experienced a, di- a different want, and yes, the the clarity of that want is is what is found in this play. You know, he started his relationship with. Uh, Gamila wanting that grounding, right? Wanting that 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 familiarity with 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 a culture, and yet he discovers throughout the actions of this play that's that that's not the core want, the, or at least not the want that he chooses by by the end of it. Yeah. So we we spent some time on on Musa and Gamila. What about Sherry? I mean, what what what's her? What is she trying to get out of this story? She, I think. You know, good drama is not especially reactive when we think about characters. The characters that just react to things are not the most interesting characters. Sherry is a very interesting character. So I think we can reasonably assume she's not just reacting to the advances of Musa, then the cheating of Musa, then the eventual, uh, you know, request for forgiveness from Musa. She's pursuing something. But I, I have to admit that what she's pursuing, it's, it's more gray for me. Yeah, I agree. I think we find out a lot of things about the world of the play from these scenes we've talked about, right? We the, the fleshing out of the world happens in those scenes, and yet the main vessel of the play are about four conversations between Sherry and Musa. And and in those scenes, we, we learn some stuff about Sherry, right? We learn that she doesn't really have a grounding in family. Um, we, we learn that uh, her, her, her immediate family is either dead or in prison. Um, we know that uh, her past relationships often don't work out, um, that, that usually something disappointing emerges, <laughs> as, as it kind of does in this play, too. Um, and and so, so we know that she is, uh, and, she, and we know that she is someone who enjoys uh, kind of deep connection and conversation with people. She talks about that even with her job. She enjoys enjoys that aspect of her job. Um, and in the conversation she has with Musa, like, yes, the first scene is kind of uh, all about figuring out whether or not they're going to have sex that night, but there's a lot of just genuine interest in each other. And she just wants to talk about the Quran with him. She wants to talk about God with him. She wants to talk. She's very vulnerable about her own self-image and how she see, sees herself. So some of what she's kind of pursuing, I I feel like is this connection is this is this a want for deep belonging and connection with people and specifically with someone being Musa right she she is she does seem to be a person who is interested in um moving past where she's at in life she in in several of the scenes is fairly explicit about a series of failed relationships and i don't just mean romantic relationships jackson just described familiar relationships that have absolutely fallen apart as well as some of her romantic relationships that have fallen apart in the past she is a person that's that seems pretty lonely i think that is a pretty safe description of sherry at the beginning of the play and also 
sort of lost. She one of the things that's interesting about her character is her tendency to speak in these long speeches and not leave a lot of room for other characters to fill in the gaps. It ends up kind of getting her in trouble, both in her conversations with Musa and then later in her conversation with Gamila, where she ends up filling in a lot of the details like, oh, you must be Musa's sister, right? Without leaving a lot of room for clarification by the other character. And it it seems to come from this place of now that I'm in a position to have someone opposite me to have a conversation with. I have so much in me that I want to spill out and it comes out in, in these waves. And and so finding a person who's interested in the same kinds of connections that Sherry herself is interested in, it's, it's, it's like the driving path forward. I think for her is, is looking for a relationship that will return to her what she wants to get out of it. And again, any kind of relationship. It happens in this play to be romantic, but I think you could discover a similar play about Sherry, you know, finding us a friend that is interested in the same kind of give-and-take relationship that she seems to not have had. And and she is she is somewhat like she is dogged in her pursuit of this. Yes. Um, she she is she is willing to to overcome a lot to to pursue this. I, I think of the scene where uh, Gamila and Gamila shows up in the apartment and she's still asleep. She's uh, her her underwear is around the room and and like this is a bad situation. Even like a, like a sister to show up and meet you and like a stranger to walk in and meet you in this way is a bad situation. But the family of your your kind of new boyfriend that you're in love with this is a bad situation. She, she is un mostly undaunted. <laughs> Like she just like corrects the situation. Mostly undaunted. That's a great description of that scene. <laughs> she like gets her clothes on under the sheets and starts like trying to make breakfast for this sister and have a connection moment with her. Well, that you're exactly right. Thank you for pointing that out because that's a great illustration of of what I was describing where. Uh, you know, Sherry is not just like a one-dimensional girl just looking for her man. You know, like that is not the character. What she is is she's looking for any kind of relationship that will be a mutual, uh, safe place. She can be vulnerable. The thing, of course, all people are looking for, but it's metaphorized in this play. If that was a real word, it but is now. It, it is now. But the Gamila <laughs> scene is a great example of that, right? Because she, this is not a person with whom she's going to have a romantic relationship. But the initial encounter is very much similar to her initial encounter, at least that we see with Musa, which is this sort of outpouring of. I'm going to try to make a connection in a thousand different ways at once and see right. what lands. I mean, she seems as equally desperate to make a friendship with Gamila as she is to make a relationship with Musa. And, well, yeah, she wants to impress Musa's family. But I, it, it's clear to me that it's more than that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, each each of the scenes, as you think about it, there are there are big obstacles to connection that she overcomes. Right? There's the language barrier in the first scene. There's the the barrier of it of it being two a.m. and and the 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 expectations around that, the risk in going to someone's apartment at two a.m. that you don't that you met in a taxi. Um, there's uh, she's she's pretty violently ill partway through the scene um, as a result of eating a bad sandwich and drinking. Um, and uh, she, she like throws up partway through the scene and yet she like 
corrects the situation. She she uh, uh, at at the end of the scene, they 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 kind of miss each other, say the wrong thing. She leaves and she comes back with candles to try to kind of redeem the situation again. Same thing with the later scenes, even the scene where she's fighting with Musa, right about about the truth that she's discovered that he's engaged. She's like, uh, she she ends the like she starts the scene really opposed to him, pouring hot coffee on him at one point in anger and yet yet by the end she seems open to him uh coming that night to to pick her up in the taxi right let's just switch because we're running out of time to talk about one of the sort of central visual metaphors of the play which is the suitcases and the the world of suitcases occupies a lot of this play obviously taib is a suitcase salesman and that's where we get a lot of the suitcases that come to define the visual world of the play uh yusuf al-gindi describes building the taxi that is of course uh musa being a taxi driver there's a taxi in the play and the taxi ought to be built of suitcases somehow or visually imagined with suitcases um and then gamila brings back suitcases from her trip back home to egypt so suitcases are sort of the central visual metaphor of the script and besides just like oh pilgrims need suitcases like what where where is the deeper connection to the story do you think between these you know she or he again he wants suitcases on stage the whole time, literally having built the taxi. I mean, there's something there, but what is it? Yeah, I mean, I I I, I wonder around the the pretty familiar metaphor, but I think used to to uh, uh, re- really really uh, like <laughs> I'm trying to find the right word for perfectly, but it's not quite perfectly re- used used to perfection in this script is what you bring with you from places affects the relationships around you affects your experience of the world around you. Um, and, and, and these characters, are, that's certainly true for them, right? They're bringing their, their cultural, what they've learned through their life, uh, whether it be uh, cultural in terms of where they're from or cultural in terms of the relationships they've had. They're bringing it into these situations, this baggage that is being brought with them and, and dealing with it. And I think you get that in the other kind of notable the, the 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 last line of Abdallah, the the friend who is drowned presumably in the Red Sea, is that his they've found his luggage on shore and his body is about to wash up on shore. And they're going to figure out that he's dead and his story is going to end. And so he's here in the apartment remembering what happened. So all of these characters have this suitcase motif. Um, and they're all carrying something with them. And what do you do with the something that you carry with them? Is, is, and what is the something, right? Is it sweets from home? Or is it, uh, a, like, like Abdallah says, the relationships that you form, the people you talk to, the, the, the wide cast of characters that you experience in different cultures as you're traveling? What do you put in your suitcase? What stays with you? And we talked at the beginning about this sort of idea of the play as an example of vulnerability and the way that we are forced to be vulnerable with the people that we're in relationship with. And so the suitcase metaphor then becomes that when you are in relationship, romantic or otherwise, with people around you, you carry the the sort of objects of your life, whatever those are, and those are always going to be different than the person you're in relationship with. I mean, 
one of the things that happens in the play, and we've already described this, is that what seems to be this sort of classic match between Gamila and Musa is revealed that they were really carrying pretty different things all along. And it, it, this situation forced them to out that um, in a way that their mutual attraction and, and even sort of shared culture is not is not enough. They're car- they're, what they're carrying is too different, and they're going to choose different things to move forward. And Musa and Sherry, they also are too. I mean, it, theirs is not like a perfect love at first sight, kind of we're totally aligned on everything relationship. They also carry different things in, in their baggage. And the, the play is somewhat about just the choice of who you're going to move forward with, despite the fact that nothing ever matches. Yeah. Who gets to see the inside of your suitcases? Who gets to share that with you? Who get to, who do you get to journey journey with along with their baggage? <laughs> and and how does that how does that all play out? All right, so there's a ghost in the play and we've got to at least touch on it before we wrap things <laughs> up here. We obviously we've described it enough, but what what the heck? What why why would you include that character in this script? Yeah. Um I mean, he certainly he, he he bears the weight of 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 exploring the metaphorical. Um and and I think that's that's some of what we get that that last monologue is is really uh he he gets to tell the story of 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 be, what being an immigrant is like, right? The 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 slow build of showing up, building up his uh his uh his network of people and eventually it all it all like going away at the highest moment right that when he when he has his fullness of the success so the character itself is is compelling um but also the the space that it welcomes you into of this kind of globalized connection right across many cultures and places i feel like having a ghost having something metaphysical in the play warms your brain up to this like what is this like spiritual connection we all have with each other? How does a how does this global society with all these cultures bumping shoulders all the time really work? How do how do we how are we interacting with each other on this level? Yeah, I mean it it, it seems crucially important though. I admit that it, it it maybe escapes me exactly how that Sherry dreams what happened to Abdallah in in this first night together with Musa. There is this layer of the play that is this supernatural world where you have dreams of the people around you. And it's not something that is commented on by the characters. So the characters live in this world of sort of believing they understand the rules of what's around them. And we as the audience see that there's this other world, a more mysterious, more supernatural, more connective tissue kind of world that exists that that we as the audience live in, even as the characters don't. It almost becomes a little bit of dramatic irony, both in that we know that Abdallah is dead, where the characters have to figure that out across the course of the play, but also that we know in the world of this play, there is a broader, more soul-filled kind of universe that these characters swim in. I, I think I just before used the word connective tissue, that the, the world has all of this in it, and the characters don't necessarily know that, or they're on the journey of discovering that. I think that's just about all the time we have for this script. This is, a, this is like a 58-page script, and it is chock-full 
for yeah, 58 I, pages. Honestly, I'm not 100% sure why he bothered putting an act break in it. It's got all the hallmarks yeah. of a long one act, which is a really popular format for scripts right now. So it it's kind of that length. Like, I would guess it plays about an hour and a half. It's a short read. But Yum. a lot of really interesting uh, relationships and characters who butt heads. I, I'm not sure. The, the play is not particularly because it's so short and there's so many characters, you don't do a deep dive into any particular character, but what you do get is a series of incredibly written scenes. Yeah, great scenes, great uh, conflict and conflict re- resolution, um, which is not not always something you get in play, right? Like, you're, like you get you get a lot of conflict, but I think this play brings about resolution <laughs> to to a lot of the conflicts, which is just interesting to watch. Yeah, um, I think one reviewer called it like a comedy of exasperation. Yeah, and it's like you you get scene after scene of sort of exasperated. I I can't handle what's going on right now, but I have no choice but to push forward. And then at the end of the play, that is the decision the characters make, right? Each of them in turn sort of what's going on right now doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And we don't even as the audience know exactly what's going on right now. But we (laughs) see them decide to push forward. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a great play with all sorts of, of great things uh, that, that we haven't even gotten to. The comedy aspect, the way the conversations play out is just brilliant. Um, like these these big themes we've been talking about are sussed out of scenes that are just witty and, and fast paced. So if there's more that you want to talk about in this play, whatever it is, whether you've seen it, read it, been in it, just uh, want someone to talk about what you heard us talking about. We'd love to be those people. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Um, uh, at the username at NoScript Podcast, or the we have a Gmail as well, NoScriptPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on any of those platforms, and we love to keep talking about this play with all of y'all out there. Absolutely, we would. And, you know, if you want to recommend this podcast to somebody, that'd be a great help, too. You probably know somebody who likes theater, likes plays. Look, at the time of this podcast episode being released, the play world is still shut down. The theater world, the drama world is shut down. So all we've got really is reading scripts or watching stuff online. So why not do both? Send folks our way (laughs) to read scripts, to talk about them. You can send them to podbean.com, which is where we're hosted. We're also on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, just like us on Facebook, and you'll see the ads for the new episodes that are coming out come through, as well as just a link to the new episode every Monday when they're released. So until next week when we're talking about another play, I am Jackson Nikolai. I am Jacob Mann Christensen. Thanks for joining us for No Script, the podcast. We'll see you.